Hey everyone, welcome back to On Point. Thanks for joining me again today on the podcast. Uh, this episode, I get to sit down with Derek Carlton and Anthony Maldonado, talk to them guys about black bears. And with the huge amount of snow that we got a little while ago here in Oregon, I thought it'd be really cool to talk early season tactics and then also hit on the topic of what do you do with all the snow that we have on the ground? Is that going to affect the way you hunt? And just really kind of reiterate some tactics uh, that we've talked about for spring, but definitely, you know, right off the bat, what do you do in that first week or two of spring bear season? So made for a great podcast. Really enjoy talking to these two guys and I uh, really hope you enjoy the podcast. I'll see you at the end. Bye. Well, what do you guys say we get this one started? Dude, absolutely. I, um, <laughs> this is going to be a fun one. <laughs> uh, Anthony's already double fisting. Uh, while you were running a little late, <laughs> Anthony was pre-gaming. <laughs> it's been a long one. Yeah. You had quite the week. Always do. You're a big city slicker now. I hate that place. <laughs> Where you at? Uh, for now, well, just for now during the week, I'm up in Salem again. Oh, gotcha. I'm uh, sorry. It's such a shithole. Oops. <laughs> <laughs> but like, it just is. It's just dirty, just gross. I think anyways. At least it's not Portland. Dude, I was just at Portland not so long ago. Mm-hmm. Oh my God, I hate that place. Mm-hmm. Dude, Eugene's getting bad. Have you seen all like the disgusting camps and stuff like Dude, under the bridge? Like even just right. Here. Huh? You get it here. Yeah, but that's like a whole new level up there. It's like every city you go north, it just gets magnified. But that's not what we're talking about today. We are talking about bear hunting, early season bear hunting tactics. And since uh, season starts next Monday, <laughs> I was talking about going hunting this weekend. Guys are like, what? what oh, you, yeah, because you're, you're not used to yeah. starting on an odd day. <laughs> right. I'm like, oh, I'm going to go bear hunt this weekend. I'm like, uh... Sure. Just kidding. <laughs> yeah, sure. Uh, what's your? Where are you going? I'll turn you and get some points. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so we had quite the storm. Is it, you know anybody in Oregon, especially on the west side, would know we had quite the storm. And I tried making it to some of my bear spots, and uh, we'll just you know snow drifts three foot high some spots. It's just ridiculous, and it's not like regular snow. It's icy snow. Like as soon as you hit it, you you're sliding. If there's any cant to the road, you're you're off the road or you're in the ditch. So what kind of strategies would you guys start with being April f- 1st? So what I think what I'd be doing, I mean, you're, you're going to be out there going, it's so like all your normal sp- stop or uh, spots that you do for bear, um, the units that you've seen stuff in previous, I'd go back through and every, cause every year it's changes every year. There's new logging units. There's, you know, new timber down or, you know, new growth in different units is I would take that first couple weeks and hopefully you're out there before April 1st, mm-hmm. you know, scouting around, but a lot of time, you know, for the average person, it's a lot harder to get out with work or family life. Right. But when you're out there, really pay attention to that first part of April is start checking the units. You know, whether there's, you know, old growth timber, there's snow up high or whatever, start looking around, see which parts are getting greener. You know, don't pay a lot of attention to, um, like the South facing slopes of the road, you know, the, the stuff with the road, no roads in the bottom that Mm -hmm. to me, that doesn't apply because there's bears everywhere, Hmm. but start looking around and see, um, you know, what units may have more feed than other ones, uh, where bears can hide, um, you know, be able to come out and go back in without being disturbed as much and just see what kind of activity is going on more that will progress through, you know, like the April is you'll start to see more stumps tore up. Um, and then you can just start honing in on those, those spots and then, 
um, continue to hit those till you find one. So let's, because uh, I've, I've been checking on a lot of loggers here lately. With everybody's back to logging like normal mm-hmm. for the most part. You know, yeah. so you still got some guys snowed out, but uh, I'm seeing a lot of newer units. And, and some of these units, like they'll have a little bit of trash on landing or, or a trash can. And some, like ba- even back in December, guys were getting bears on their landings going through the trash. And so those bears are hanging around those logging sides, even though there's a lot of noise, commotion. I, you know, they eat gas cans quite often. Yeah. Um, you know, if, if somebody leaves a gas can out somewhere, they like that plastic, whatever, polyurethane or whatever yeah. it's called. And uh, and so I really don't think that the logging activities really matter that much to them. I mean, it just seems like I, see, I still see lots of bear sign, even, you know, within a quarter mile or even perhaps maybe right next to a unit or even maybe in the, I've never seen one in an active unit, but um, I've seen them pretty damn close to an active unit. Exactly. And that's, that's why a lot of people, they keep thinking that with bears, you got to be so far away. You got to be away from, you know, all the commotion or whatever. But, you know, like last year, probably one of my favorite units I was going back to was literally 20, 30 yards from active unit that was getting shovel logged. Really? So when I was up there during weekdays, you know, I would watch, I mean, th- this stuff is, is taller, like, um, reprod, so you're going to have little open grassier meadows that are throughout it. Mm-hmm. So it gives them enough cover that they can feel safe and hide throughout the day. And it doesn't really necessarily bother them that there's, you know, two shovels that have actually, you know, are logging right next to them. Right. And so, I mean, it, and another thing like with newer units, um, you know, it all depends on where the location is at. They don't have to be older units. They don't have to have tons of grass. They don't have to have, you know, all this feed because even the older units that are tore up, there's rotten stumps that have bugs in them. So no matter what is around, there you know I mean I'll see bears in every unit, so it doesn't apply. There has to be a a specific spot for a bear to come out. You know what I mean? Yeah, I'm I'm glad you hit that early because me and Anthony spent a lot of time looking at you know what you call premium units. You know they don't have roads going through them. They're either decommissioned, tons of tall grass, not a lot of hunting pressure. I mean you have to walk in there, but you can glass them from like a mile away. And we're just like, man, we never see bears in those units. Oh, it's hardly. it's the ones that are. Well, like right off the road. <laughs> and I don't think a lot of these things matter anyways because the last two bears I've put bullets in were against all odds. Like mm-hmm. The last one, it was trying to rain and it was cold. Right. It was spring bear. Okay, that's what against you know that's against what everyone says. And then the year before that, it was 100 and something degrees. So <laughs> Reprod it, unit, yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. completely different looking units, completely different weather. I just, I just think. Yeah, it was like healing when we shot that one last year. It sucked. It was. uh, (laughs) We were. We almost went back home. I'm like, dude, this is stupid. And he's like, we were here. We might as well. I think you said we're here. We might as well check the unit. Like I was like, all right, whatever. So we hop out and then like, oh, there's a really nice one right there. And it was, it was shit weather. It was like 42 degrees or something like that. And uh, and so I'm just kind of like, what are some of the different environments that you've killed one as far as weather and stuff when would you not go um with me there's like literally not a time i wouldn't go <laughs> just because i love being out there and that's yeah. the the big thing with with a lot of people is you know with spring bear people get so caught up in going out when the weather's nice well yeah that's awesome but the bears still need to come out they still need to eat right you know and in like the first part like last year i saw 15 bears in the first part first week and a half of bear season when it was raining up where I live. Hmm. So you got to think they, they all have to come out sometime. I mean, that's going to be the first part of April. They're really going to start getting their bearings. They're going to be out and start moving around. You're going to see a lot of sows and cubs. Just that's what I've personally seen up where I live. 
Um, and then more towards the end of April, starting in May, that's when you're going to start seeing your bigger boars come out and start cruising. But, I mean, shoot, I've killed bears in, you know, pouring down rain, sunshine, mm-hmm. middle of the day, morning, evening. Um, you know, each bear is going to do their own thing, just same with people. And so biggest thing is you got to be out there. I mean, you can go out, you know, 10 times, not see one thing, but then go out two mornings in terrible weather and there's two right. bears. Right. Well, with uh, I've heard a lot of guys say, you know, during the springs, I'll hunt all day. And then some guys are like in the summer, you know, beginning of August, I'll hunt evenings. And so what's your take on time of day for the spring? Because for me, it's like any time of the day you could see one. Yeah, exactly. So with, with spring is what I found out. Morning times, they're okay. I mean, you're going to see a few bears. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of times when I you know, have spotted bears in the morning is because they were already out all night long. You know, you'll, I'll catch them right at last light. They'll be out in the unit. And a lot of times they'll, you know, they'll go out there and they'll feed for a while. They'll lay down and then you'll catch them first thing in the morning, either working back up in the timber hmm. or, you know, just kind of get up and getting their bearings throughout the day. My thing that I go by a lot is I like to be out there all day long, but your main time that I see bears is from five o'clock to dark. That's kind of my target zone that I go on. Doesn't mean I'm, you know, don't go out till that time. Yeah. Um, because we'll spot them throughout the day. But for like your average person, you get off work, um, you're gonna have a better odds from five o'clock till you know till the end of shooting light. That's when the bear is gonna be most active. If I had to pin you down to like a percentage of bears seen, what percentage would be at that five o'clock to dark? Uh, I'd say probably sixty-five percent, really, or more. Yeah. I'd say. For us, it's probably 75%. Because you and I hunt a lot. But that's when we mostly are out is in the evenings after work, yeah, to be fair. So, yeah, it's it's most of them. But, yeah, that's the thing also is that's when 90% of our time is out there. Yeah. So yeah, it's hard to say. On the weekends, I, I'm usually too lazy to get up early. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and so, I'm you know, I'm out there. I, I tell people, for sure, be where you want to be at like 4 o'clock. And then – because I'll catch him out at 4.30, that 5 o'clock. Yep. You, you talk, if you're there at 5 o'clock, you're late. You should be there a little, exactly. little early. And I like getting early or earlier because yeah. a lot of times other guys screw up your plans. Yep. You pull yeah. up somewhere. You know, if you were banking on that for the last 45 minutes before light mm-hmm. or dark and there's a dude sitting there, you better have a plan B because otherwise it's a total waste of trip. Exactly. So, yeah. Which has happened to us. So... Happened to us plenty of times. I was actually talking to uh, Cameron yesterday at the gym. Mm -hmm. And, uh, excuse me, he's going to come on to the show and talk, uh, I think, in July. Um, And it's funny because we're always competing for the same spots, you know, hauling ass and and stuff. Yeah. Um, And the guy, I think he saw 36 last year. He he had a good year last year. Um, Shot one in the same unit you did. Oh, okay. Yeah, same unit. But, um so, yeah, so I, I've got some questions for me personally that I'd like to hear you talk okay. about because um, I've been trying to get it done with a bow. This will be my second year, second time in a row now, second year in a row trying to get it done with a bow. And I am willing to shoot a, uh, you know, if I see a 300 pound bear, you better shoot it. I mean, oh, yeah. I'm not going to pass it up in, in the sake of killing it with a bow. If I, I'm going to carry a gun, and if I see one that big, I'm going to shoot it. But anything really under, you know, 200 150 being the minimum but anything above 150 i'm gonna try and get with my bow until it gets to that size where it's just like this is stupid i need to kill that thing exactly so for a guy willing to wait and have a little bit of discipline um i've heard you talk about this a little bit but what would be your tactics for getting it done in the spring with a bow so this 
Uh, I, you know, I normally I, the bears that I've shot my bow has been in the fall, but the same thing, you know, rolls into spring season, and this is where your scouting really needs to come into play. Mm-hmm. So you need to go out, check all the units out, and this is where you can start going. Okay, there's a couple rows that are actually going through this unit. There's a grassy meadow that goes on this side. Start walking those units and starting to figure out what is your best plan to access those units because if you're you know, out and about and you spot a bear mm-hmm. in a unit in your area. And now you're sitting up there in the first 15 minutes, you're trying to figure out how am I going to stock on this thing quietly, you know, because of how dry most of the time some mm-hmm. of the stuff is. I mean, you'll get like, we get a lot of rains in the beginning, so you're not too bad, but that's when you really need to get out and walk around, try to figure out what is the best place to access, you know, to make a stock on a bear. Because a lot of times with bears in spring, they're moving. I mean, they're they're feeding, they're pulling over logs, they're you know they'll go up and down you know a timberline, and so you really have to analyze and figure out how you're gonna get into that unit. So some of the spots, let's say you have two to three units that you actively see bears in, and you're wanting to get it done with a bow. You got two to three bears within that drainage that are using those heavily. Mm-hmm. Get out there, and it might be that you go out there for the first couple parts of bear season and spot these bears, and maybe they're not you know, a 300 pound bear, but just kind of pay attention and see what they do. They might come out in two different spots. They might come out in the same spot. If you can kind of pinpoint what the general area they are, what time they come out, mm-hmm. start figuring out a path to get down there, get down there, you know, a couple hours before that you've been seeing them, wait it out. Maybe you'll get a 50 yard shot. Maybe you'll get a 20 yard shot and really analyze that situation. Cause that'll just increase your odds of getting done with the bow. So, um, and, and chime in here anytime you, you want, Anthony, but for um, for me, this time of year, it seems like those older grassy roads that aren't traveled as much, but they're into the timber. Mm-hmm. Um, do you have much success for those second growth, old, like, old roads that just are pretty much decommissioned and they're just full of gray? You ever walk out those? And- so, a lot of the time, I mean, there's been times in the past, um, you know, when we've been walking out roads and, and bumped bears in them. Mm-hmm. Um, the cool thing about there is you're, you're going to have a lot of feed because mm-hmm. um, obviously I haven't been traveled on. Right. But a lot of times that I found with the early season with the spring or in the spring bear with April and May is they love to get out in the sun. I mean, technically they're in hibernation, um, you know, so they're not out moving around like they are during the fall season. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would, I mean, you can, I mean, there's going to be bears on those units. Um, I try to get the most spot where there's sunshine. So maybe if there's a, a road that's going through some reprod that has a lot of grass, we see a lot of bears on those. You'll, you'll be on landings. You'll, you'll watch bears work through those little skid roads through there. Mm-hmm. Those are money. Um, what I would really say for hitting the, the little, like the second growth and the stuff, you know, is more towards a fall thing during like bow season. Okay. It seems like those bears are always on there. I mean, down towards the coast range or whatever. And that's the bears that I've shot personally with my bow has been walking roads, you know, going to hunt elk or whatever the case is and caught one ripping up a stump and able to slip in and, and shoot it. Right. Right. And you've had, um, multiple successes on the coast with the bow. I mean, it's just not like by chance, you know, it's usually when you, I think probably when you're elk hunting mm-hmm. and you run it, run yep. across one, but, and so kind of, it's like that same habitat that an elk would look for. So if you're like, man, this looks really elky in here, probably looks yeah. good for a bear too. Yep. And, and a big thing is, um, you know, with the bear, is people think, well, okay, so I see some elk in this unit. There's probably not a bear in there. That is 100% not correct. <laughs> the last two spring bears that I've actually killed, there's been an elk herd within 50 to 60 yards from that bear. Really? Yep. I've been guilty of that one. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, so, ah, fuck, there's bears, or there's a deer right there. I'm like, I doubt that deer would be hanging around a bear. I've literally uttered those yep. words before. Um, but yeah. what were you going to say, Anthony? Uh, I'm, I'm not going to say it, but the... <laughs> the 
the last bear I shot, the elk were pretty close. Oh yeah. Yep. <laughs> Yeah, they pretty. were they were pretty darn. I remember that. Yeah, I I completely and forgot they did, about that. They didn't that. even get up out they of the They hung bed. out, yeah. It like it wasn't until I started heading down there yeah. that they were you finally got up and were like, "What is going on?" Should have strapped a saddle on one and rode it out. But yeah, though no, they wish. didn't care. They didn't care cuz that sucked. <laughs> yeah, that was one heck of a hole you shot that one in last year, but And the year before, it wasn't even very far, thank God, but no. that was nasty too. No. Yeah. We need to find nicer spots. So I want flat ground. <laughs> yeah, you and me both. Yeah, do, I'm gonna say, do you have any like flat spots? <laughs> no, no. I I tend to go and look at stuff. Like I'll be down in a nice unit and be looking somewhere far away and go, oh, that looks terrible. I want to go there. Oh, <laughs> I mean, it's the one two years ago, whatever that was. It was, I was. He was trying to guide me down to it, and I'm falling. It just sucked. I'm like, this is going to be horrible when I'm young. He's like, well, why? And I'm like, because it sucks going down. Like, yeah, I remember you saying that. Like, I'm having a hard time getting down this thing. It took us like an hour to go 100, 100 yards. yards uphill. And I was bleeding more than yeah. that shot bear I'm was. wearing obsidian first light pants. Yeah. They were shredded. by. The- <laughs> I was wearing Kuyu, and all of it was just destroyed. Yeah. Oh, my God. I had scars on my arms. Yeah. And- by the way, if, if we're t- anybody here – Wears first light. Don't wear the obsidian pants on the coast because you will be buying new ones all the time. All the time. Yeah, I went through two in one year. Luckily, uh, my grandma knows how to sew, <laughs> so <laughs> I brought them back to her. Uh-huh. My one has a big like four inch L right in my butt cheek because I slid down this. Uh, I called a crevasse, but I <laughs> it was after that black tail. <laughs> That's what they call it nowadays. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't it know was we were on Everest. Yeah, dude, it was so bad. I I took like a. I don't know. I almost died one day after uh, a decent black tail, but they were shredded just after that one little incident. And it was like, man, the, in, in the, uh, the corrugated ones were the ones that are holding up way better. Really? Yeah. They way better. So, um, so let's go over, um, what kind of, uh, gun and stuff you're using this year. Cause I know you've been, you've been pretty happy with your setup and, and, uh, we're starting to talk long range on the podcast a little bit. Oh, so dude, I'm I'm in love with my gun right now. So I, <laughs> what I did is I I looked around, I looked at the Remingtons, did a, you know, a bunch of research and stuff. And Remington's phenomenal gun. That was going to be my hands down number mm-hmm. one choice. Um, I was going to either build a uh, you know like a seven ultra mag through an ultra mag or do something like in a Lapua. Well, I ended up looking around. One of my buddies, he's a builder. Um, he he owns um, Shadow Rifle Works up mm-hmm. in Cottage Grove. I think he's actually down in Medford now. But uh, he said, look into the savages. And I'm like, ah, no, dude, it's a savage. <laughs> you know, all I've all seen is just the savages at Bymart. Yeah. And go, I mean, they're great guns. They always With shoot. With the 111s? Or- yeah. yeah. <laughs> They'll yeah. shoot every time, but you're not going to get. Yeah, yeah. Or I shouldn't say that because. It's like a Remington 780. Oh, God. No. Yeah, <laughs> or a 770. Or well, I was at the range that one day, and that guy was shooting a couple of Ruger Americans. Those are way better than. Dude, he was hammering. Dude, yeah. those are actually, for what Ruger yeah. did, those are good guns. Yeah. If I had to go out and buy a budget gun right now, it'd be a Ruger American. Yeah, well, I, I think to, they're I like four hundred and something bucks, aren't they? Yeah. yeah, I used to have one in a seven oh eight. I regret selling that every day. That was such a good <laughs> shooting gun. Yeah, they're, they're money for the for the price, and I've seen YouTube videos where guys are shooting those things a thousand yards. And then Magpul makes stock for them now. Do they really? Yep, they make one of their uh, aftermarket stocks for them, so you can actually get you know a, good. A, a, yep, a good platform, heavier, yep. and that's pretty cool. We should do a video of. Like the cheapest long range gun you could build. 
Like a budget gun build. There you go. Yeah, people a- send accurate. free stuff to us, and we'll put it together. <laughs> right. Accurate. Since I, you I can get a bullet along. See, I say since you didn't give, <laughs> since you didn't participate in the freaking oh. budget bow challenge, no, you went out and bought yourself a goddamn target bow. I have bought two bows since we posted that. <laughs> Neither of them. Just the bare bow. You you were way overpriced. No. Wait. So, no. The target bow. How much was that one? I'm so for bare bows. I'm in both of them under a thousand dollars. That that. It's double, double the. It's like triple what, or that's like <laughs> a third of what they're worth. New, you right. know, or I guess they were both new, but um, full retail. We got that Realm X for five ninety nine or something. That ain't like bad at all. Brand new. And I paid I think <laughs> three fifty or four for the. Is for that the, how cheap it was? Yeah. Yeah, you got to remember they they already two point oh for four hundred bucks or something. They like marked that. it Goodness. down, and then they. It had a bad cable on it, yeah. so they marked it down again for me, but then I talked them into putting new cables on it that same day. <laughs> I'd already bought it, too. See, I don't know what it is when he goes to Bowtech. They literally bend over backwards to make him, like, they give him free shit, all sorts of weird stuff. Yeah, I've I don't never, know what you do over there. I don't know either. I'm I'm see, that, that's why I knocked before I came in. Well, It's not who you know, it's who you. <laughs> oh, you can finish uh, it. <laughs> But um, money's money, bro. So you're yeah. using a 338. Then? Yep. So I'm shooting a 338 Lapua. Okay. In a Savage a Model 110. And so it's kind of their. I forgot the actual name. It's their higher end version of, their, uh, of Savage. Okay. And so what I did um, is my buddy actually built the gun, and um, so he was like, "Hey, dude, I got this one." And I ended up. I bought it for. I actually did really good. I, I bought it for like 2,100 bucks. And then I turned around and sold. It had a Leopold Mark IV or Mark V on it. And I like Leopold. They're great scopes. Um, I just, I'm friends with guys with Vortex. So I've always been, mm-hmm. you know, in with them. So nothing against Leopold. Fantastic scope. Got rid of that, put the Vortex on it, and uh, did a little bit of stuff to the scope. And uh, Jason, my buddy Jason, did some stuff to the action. And I just got a load for it. I'm shooting 91 grains of Retumbo with a 285 grain ELD match <laughs> Hornady. And I think I'm Lord. right at. 2,700 and like 84 feet per second. And so I'm really curious. So you're shooting an ELD match. Yes. Why not the ELDX? So my buddy told me to try the match at first. Yeah. Or no, I think they're the EL, ELDX match or ELD match or whatever. I can't even remember. No I just worries. freaking used them yesterday. Yeah, it's like using a AMAX versus using an SSD. Yeah, one's a target but they're, load, they're the one with the red ballistic tip. Okay, yeah. And so I was went out and I, I shot them and um, – you know, I, I put three hole or three bolts to the same hole. And granted, from what I was shooting, because I shot the the Hornet ELD match and the 285s out, mm-hmm. out of their factory grade when I first got the gun, just to see how it would shoot. Mm-hmm. And they shot great for factory loads. So I was like, well, I'll just stick with that same bolt. I'll run the you know the same the length, the casing with bullet, and uh, been loading up. And granted, it was a little bit off compared to what it was sight in. So I, I you know zeroed everything back out. And dude, that has been by far the best shooting gun that I've ever owned. Hmm. How far are you shooting with it so, so far? So far, I've shot it out to 1,200 yards, mm-hmm. and uh, I was shooting at a, a, a little dot on a rock, I guess it was, that I had out there. And at uh, 1,200 yards and 1,000, at 1,000, I was an inch to the left, and then um, at 1,200, I was like uh, an inch or two low and two inches, three inches to the right with no wind. Jesus. And so, I mean, it's I'm not a great shot. You yeah. know, I'm, I'm just getting into the whole long-range stuff, and so I've been out shooting my gun a lot. I built a plate. And uh, we've been hitting that at seven, eight hundred yards, getting used to the guns. Um, but I, I mean, I couldn't even be more impressed. I mean, yeah. for somebody looking to a gun, I would highly recommend a Savage. Yeah, that's that's a uh, that's really impressive, man. Yeah, it's it's a sweet little setup. Yeah, I I really want to 
build one of those freaking guns in there. I talk about them all the time on the podcast. I just need to build one of those. He's things. got them. He just doesn't. Do I got them. I, I just don't do anything with them. They're expensive paperweights right now. I know. Well, that, that's kind of what I was looking at first. Is you know, I get looking at all these different calibers. I'm like, oh, I need a seven ultra. Oh, I need a two eighty. And it's like you know, you get all these things, right. and then you know, I, I had a seven mag that was one of my best guns. And it's like, well, you know, all, all my friends got Lapua's, and they say you need one. And it's like, <laughs> I might as well just go big and then have the big gun and, mm-hmm. you know, build the smaller stuff up later. And once once you get a Lapua, you're like, oh, man. Really? Yeah, you, I don't know how I live without <laughs> it. <laughs> I think the biggest one I got right now is just a 300 win. I don't have anything. No, my my Weatherbees, which will knock your shoulder out of the socket. Yeah. <laughs> I can't shoot that thing worth a shit. <laughs> yeah, if you don't care about how much it costs to shoot it, Lapua's yeah. are great. Yeah, see, I, that's the reason I didn't get a rum three a three hundred yeah. rum. It's because first of all, brass back when I was looking at them was like retarded. It was like a unicorn finding yeah, three hundred rum still brass. Can't, I don't yeah, think really. no. Uh, by the way, if you want three hundred wind shells, I got a whole couple bags of them that I was going to reload but never did. Right there. So, um, and then I was like, okay, well, I'm just going to go with a uh, three hundred wind because I can find that ammo all the time. Brass yep. is super easy. It's a fraction of the cost compared to a rum. And then, yeah, that was like two, almost three years ago, and I still haven't even shot it. <laughs> well, that's priorities, a, man. Yeah, right. <laughs> my 7mm, I don't think, has been out of the safe in over a year. Really? Probably since my dad shot that elk with it. Hmm. And that was over a year ago. Jeez. I well, started to build one, then I realized I'd never shoot guns. And so I just tossed it in the safe. You wouldn't it believe sits. it. Anthony didn't get his bear tag this year. Didn't even apply for it. That's why I didn't get it. <laughs> Did you you didn't put in? No, no. I'm gonna be gone Dude. all bear season. Oh, I was so. gonna say we got a great guy to film. Uh, yeah. yeah, hey, there we go. I will. I mean, because I'll be home on. Well, weekends, if you could film, you could hunt. Why didn't you get? I, I just, still I just didn't want to feel the pressure of it. Like, oh my gosh, you get kick yourself in the. I'll get maybe one day. Dude, we're week. gonna go out and there's gonna be bears <laughs> everywhere. It's yeah. Oh my gosh, I'm kicking yourself in the butt for you. Yeah, I, hey, just, you know, I know good? time's gonna be a problem. You can get two fall bear tags, so there's that. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, you could be Derek. Go out th- what three times and kill three bears. <laughs> yeah, don't worry about that. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, freaking bear whisperer over here. Dude, I love them. They're the coolest creatures. They are. I could just watch them. It's like, man, I well, hate them. <laughs> well, I mean, Grant, I don't like bears either, but uh, it is the aspect of what they do to like trees and, and smaller animals, but. Um, I don't give a rip about the trees. <laughs> yeah, you know, but it's like when you go out there and you start hunting these bears, and there a lot of people they say they don't like bear meat. Well, what we've what we do with all of our bears, we used to grind up and do like pepperoni and different mm-hmm. stuff like that. We do all of ours in hamburger for straight bear hamburgers, like hamburger patties. Really? To make hamburgers. Yep. They're the best thing in the entire world. I'm like doing that, dude. I'll go to Red Robin now. With First thing dad? I do, it's like, nope. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, they're make way sure better. Some of the bitches cooked all the way. Though. <laughs> Really? Yeah. You're not adding any fat? No, we don't add anything to it. Well, there's a ton of fat on yeah. the bear. Yeah, we're using the bear fat. Well, too? we we like to. I mean, I'm not. I I don't like fat. Mm-hmm. I mean, it just kind of. It's I don't like eating it. And so we lean ours down a lot, but we keep it enough so it'll stay together and make a nice patty. Okay. Um, and then you can do like your barbecue sauce or whatever you need done to it. But by far the best tasting hamburger you'll ever have. Really? Yep. Even better than an elk burger? Uh, my opinion, yes. Really? Yep. Okay, yep. I'm doing that this year. You know, I've heard some guys slow cooking uh, the ham, uh, like the big roast. Yep. And that sounds really good. So we've done that, and and I like it. And we've actually come up – it all started with turkeys. Um, You know, growing up, my mom loves turkey meat. Mm -hmm. I shot so many that I really don't care to go shoot any more turkeys. (laughs) But she loves the meat, so I'd always go get a turkey to bring it back to my mom. 
Well, once she started, she came up. I don't even remember what kind of gravy and stuff she, she uses, but it tasted so good that now we've tried it on elk and bear and deer, and it is phenomenal. So if I can get that really? recipe, you know, and get that to Share you, it, yeah. Dude, it, it is amazing. I think yeah. people would love it. I, I, we're getting turkeys and we can talk about turkeys too, cause it's the same time of year and everything. But, um, <laughs> before the podcast, where's that stupid call? <laughs> oh yeah. The little douche. Here we go. I'll post a picture of it. Um, <laughs> I'm do you know anything it. about turkey calling at all? You just kind of scratch on it and then they'll talk back to you and they'll either run away or they'll come in. Yeah. That's, that's going to call me in a big old Tom or yeah, just can of corn. I need to look at the regs. I don't even know what I, I know. You can shoot Tom's. Can you shoot Jake's? Yeah, it's, it, I think it's anything visible beard. Mm-hmm. Is it really? Yeah. Oh yeah, something's dying. But yeah, because I shot that bearded hen last year. That's it, because you can shoot a <laughs> yeah, yeah, you did. You yeah. can shoot a bearded weird. hen. Yeah, that's like a doe with antlers. Yeah, I don't know. You can't, you know, gender identify anymore. Well, if they're growing a beard, I mean, come on. How often? I mean, that's what is the ratio on that? One in a thousand? One in a million? Yeah, that was like the first. I well, I seen one other one in in. Uh, it was on the, I think it was on the Big K Ranch. Um, Ty Carey and I, we were filming for uh, a TV show. Cody Herman's Day Went Outdoors, and we were doing a turkey show and a bass fishing show. <laughs> so we were down there, and uh, um, Ty was filming Cody, and I was filming Ty's wife at the time, Rihanna. And, um, you know, <laughs> Cody was wanting to shoot this big, huge Tom, and, you know, needless to say, he ended up shooting this freaking monster bearded hen. Really? Thought it was the neatest thing ever and, and had to shoot it. But that was the second time I've ever seen one was, was last year. But, I mean, so you guys knew it was a, a hen before you guys like shot it with this is like the head or something or what? Yeah, I mean they they look like a hen. They just got this freaking beard hanging off. That's of pretty them. cool. I'd yeah. shoot it. I mean, you can shoot a tom every year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you can't shoot a bearded hen every year just because they're not out there hardly. I got tired of cleaning turkeys. That's why I quit hunting them. I think turkey jerky sounds fan. Have you done turkey jerky? We haven't. No. That sounds fantastic. Done this goose year. jerky. Do it on the Traeger. Goose jerky. Mm-hmm. Is that good? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you should make it do do it, Derek. Just make it into a hamburger. Do it. Yeah, make it a hamburger. And it could have been the way we did it. I was like seventeen, eighteen. So <laughs> if you think it's gonna taste bad, add bacon. <laughs> yes. That's like that Jim Gaffigan joke. If it's, if something is like. Bacon makes everything good. Yep, is basically. But um, so back onto the bears, though. So uh, have you scouted at all this year yet? Yeah, I mean, I, I saw uh, one bear Tuesday already. Did you really? Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. Um, below snow line in the snow. So pretty much right at the snow line. So right, and it was kind of funny. It's like you can go up, and I mean, probably in some of you guys' areas down here, you'll you'll get some of the upper meadows. You'll mm-hmm. get sub, you know, some of the upper units, and you're going to start getting those really gla- or, uh, grassy parts are going to start melting fast just because it creates so much heat right underneath them. Hmm. And that's what he was doing right at last light. That snow just started melting in some of those units, and he was just cruising right through those meadows. Pretty good bear? Uh, decent. I mean, it, it was a ways away um, right at last light. You know, mm-hmm. I mean – you know, everybody says when they see a bear, oh, yeah, it's 300 pounds. But it, it was just a, it was a good bear. You know, I would have had to get closer if it was during season to, to see, um, you know, if it was a bigger, you know, big enough bear. But it seems like a lot of the bears that I've seen um, or heard about being seen are right on the snow lines this time of year. And yep. I wonder if it's just if are those the first ones coming out? I mean, I'm just trying to figure out um, just easiest. The, the, the what? It's probably just easiest for them. It Less could travel. Be. Just get. You know, travel the least amount of distance, and that's where it just happens to be. Well, I it? mean, that's what I'd assume. I two, have no idea. But. Two weeks ago, 
might have been three weeks ago already. My buddy um, was telling me about these bear tracks that were in deep snow. He's like, dude, this thing is it's in snow. I mean, there's yeah. no there's no not snow anywhere around here. Mm. And that was a couple weeks ago. And so I'm just trying to figure out because I'm getting deterred by the snow. I'm like, okay, I'm just gonna try and use that as an area that I should not focus on and play the odds that they're gonna be out in the nicer, more warmer areas and stuff like that. Yeah. And that kind of just sounds like maybe the snow line is kind of where I should be hitting on. Yeah, I mean, it totally depends. Uh, did you ever see my brother's first bear last year that he got in spring? That was a nice one. So that was literally the closest you can get to the snow line. I really? mean, we, we could not actually make it there with my truck. We had to park and walk through snow drifts to get up there. Really? But what the last few bears, you know, probably the last three bears that I've shot in spring season mm-hmm. over the last couple, you know, three years, they've been up high, like right at the snow level and they have the best coat. So if you're wanting to get a bear with a phenomenal coat, you're wanting to get a rug or something done. Mm-hmm. Um, I love hitting that up high because those bears still have that big full set of hide on them. Hmm. Um, and, and I paid a lot of attention. I mean, don't, don't get deterred, you know, from the, the higher end of the snow because you're going to, some of the, if there's going to be a bear that comes out there, it's going to be a good looking bear. Really? Yeah. So I, I've been trying to – I've probably been overthinking it's what I've been doing because I've been driving, um, working a lot um, in in the area that I hunt. And it's just like, man, okay, there's not a lot of snow. There's only one spot where there's a ton of snow. The rest of it's all melted already. And I'm like, well, maybe I should go down south and, and maybe try and chase that little bit warmer weather. Maybe they're out a little bit more yeah. active. And I don't know, I mean, because you're, you're north of where I am and you're, you're already starting yep. to see them too. So – Maybe it's just overthinking it and just being too nervous that I'm not going to have a good year like I did. There's uh, a spot I want to go try. I don't have a tag, so you got to go. Um, <laughs> but it's complete. I am, <laughs> this is going to be a three long, two month long ordeal of me just giving you complete shit for not it's, getting. It's going to be complete opposite direction of what we've been doing. So really, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so I got some information from a guy that hunts out there and lives out there and spends. Well, that's all he does. If he's not working, he's in the woods pretty much. So I'd really like to go look at that, but I don't have a tag. So, yeah. Loser. And it probably will be. Like you said, <laughs> it'll be freaking. Well, oh, we saw eight bears tonight, 10 yesterday, and I'm going to be sitting there twiddling my thumbs. Oh, yeah. I guess real cool, guys. <laughs> <laughs> so, how many of these areas are walk in um, only? Are you having to. It sounds like you can drive to most of them. Yeah. Um, do you find that there's more bear activity? And I know you said don't be d- deterred from roads and stuff, but uh, you know how big of a factor is a lot gate in your decision to go hit a spot up? Um, it, the only reason why I really like push towards like a lot gate if I'm going to go walk it is because I know the majority of the people aren't going to. Mm-hmm. And so I, the, the lot of spots that I hunt, um, you know, there might not be as many bears in that you know, spot or those units as they are down low or whatever, mm-hmm. but there's a lot more people down lower. There's a lot more people to easier access. There's a lot more people where, you know, you can get on the same spot in glass majority of the units. So if I can get into a spot where I maybe have to walk further, there's, you know, an access to a, a lot gay that you can walk in or, or a, a road that's been blocked off from trees that you can walk back into. I'm going to go do that mm-hmm. because there with, I mean, that's anywhere with elk deer or whatever. If there's less road traffic, the animals are going to be out longer. Same thing with a bear. So if I can go back to a unit or if I can walk into a lot gate or whatever, you might have the the same, you know, kind of 
you know, terrain or same units or whatever as some of the other spots, but maybe they're not getting, you know, two to three rigs in that on that landing every day. You're not getting the noise of something every day. Makes sense. You know, granted, it, it might not make a huge difference. You're still going to see the bears in the units, you know, right before dark. But if you start walking in, maybe you're going to see them out a little bit earlier. They're going to stay out a little bit longer. And so that's that's a huge thing with lock gates or, or spots that don't get much pressure. So let's say that it's uh, Friday night. And you go out and you find a really good bear that you want to shoot, can't get on it right before dark. What's your game plan the next day? So what I would do is I would be there at first light. Because mm-hmm. a lot of times if that bear is out there, you get a high chance of he can still be in that unit. And I'll actually, I'll tell you a story a little bit later. It's it's into the fall season, but it's like the first two days. Mm-hmm. Um, but it will apply to this as well. But I would go back in there first thing in the morning. You know, I'd sit there for, you know, two to three hours. And the big thing with there, with bears or whatever, same with hunting, it is okay to be patient. I mean, I'll sit on a landing and watch a unit for four hours if I have to, if I know that animal's there, mm. you know, which comes into scouting. If you know there's animals there, you are, you know, it's a lot easier to sit for four or five hours because you, you know, it's going to come out. Mm-hmm. You know, if, if there's nothing there, go out, check a couple other spots and kind of remember, okay, this bear was out at 630. So go around, look at a couple other units, look into some of other spots and be back there, you know, 45 minutes or whatever before you saw that bear get set up, you know, see where that bear was at, maybe pick out a stump, clear a little spot to get your gun set up and then mm-hmm. wait. Okay. If he doesn't come out that night, go back the next day. So that's something that Anthony, Anthony and I don't do because <laughs> we're like, uh, our, our, what I've done and, and it's because I had really good success a couple years ago and then we just kind I kind of carried that strategy into, into last year and that was just cover as much ground as you can um just hitting as many units as you can right at prime time and you're you're seeing obviously you're seeing more bears than i am so maybe focusing on those areas that i know that there's bears at would be better than just picking all the units and maybe only a quarter of them are going to have a bear so you're wasting a lot more time than you think yeah and and a lot of thing that i like to to look at is with long range when you you know if you have something when you pull up to unit and there's a bear out there Mm -hmm. and you got like you know 10 to 15 minutes to get the gun out you're like okay let's hurry up get this get get the the camera on them you Mm -hmm. know you're you're kind of frantic in a little spot to get the gun up to shoot if you go up there and you know where there's going to be bears in a unit, mm-hmm. you get there a couple hours before, you walk out there, you you assess where you can get the gun set up, you can go, okay, this looks good, I, I guarantee there could be a bear pop out in here or this corner of the unit. You know, kind of, kind of, you know, look over everything, see what's going to happen and get your gun set up and wait. Mm-hmm. And so by the time a bear comes out, if it does or doesn't, you're calm, you got your all your equipment out, you know it's going to go down. Um, and it makes everything super simple. I mean, a lot of times, you know, as you guys will figure out, if you go out and glass up a bear, you know, looking, you're going to have to go over there. But if you can figure out where these animals are and just get set up, it makes the whole process super smooth. There's no rushing. You're not going to feel like you're rushing a shot. Right. Um, and that, that's what I like. I like everything to be calm. You know, cause if you're shooting six, 700 yards away, you flinch, you do whatever, you're going to pull that bolt off. I mean, that's just, it's a fact. Right. So one thing that I, I, find myself doing more and more and more every year and i've been doing this for a lot of years now is there's always that you know you go up to unit you you know with all the rolls and and the ridges and stuff maybe you can only see 50 percent of it but you have to work to see that other 50 percent um and i feel like that's where those bears are most of the times when i'm finding them it's like like anthony's bear last year um and the year before and the year before it's 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 that I mean, my, my, maybe it's only 30% of the unit, but it's, it's just that 30%. It seems like those bears know, Hey, I'm, 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 I can't see where I am usually seeing humans from right here. Yep. 
And so how often are you getting those nooks and crannies? I mean, that's just something that I've been doing for a lot of years, and it works for bear, deer, elk. Well, dude, absolutely. You're 100% correct. And we actually ran into this last year, and which is awesome now that I got a, a bigger gun that I can shoot a little bit further. Mm-hmm. But uh, I spotted this bear for my dad. I mean, it was last light. I mean, there's multiple different parts of this unit, mm-hmm. and there's this little section right at the bottom. And uh, I was sitting up, I had my binos on my tripod, and I'm looking, I just catch this movement, and I'm like, oh, yeah, it's probably, you know, a bear. And, uh, <laughs> you know, looking, and I'm like, oh, my God, it is a bear. Hmm. And I couldn't tell how big it was at first, and so I'm watching it and everything, and I, I had my dad, and he's, he's over on the other side glass, and I was like, hey, I, I got a bear. And it was, a, I mean, it was a long ways. My rangefinder wouldn't pick it up. <laughs> but there's a road on the other side, and you can kind of walk into it, well, if you're looking from this drainage, it looks like you can just walk over there, pop right up on that ridge, and then shoot this bear at 100 mm-hmm. yards. I mean, it, lo- it looks simple. Right. It's never that easy, yep. though. And so we bomb all the way down there, <laughs> walk up, and we're walking through this unit and get up there. And there's literally no physical way that you can kill that bear unless you walk straight down and pop out at like 10 yards, which yeah. wasn't even be possible because he would have blown out because of how tall the stuff is. But that bear was out there multiple times, and I we didn't have a gun to, to shoot that far I'm, for him. Biggest bear I've ever seen, I don't think is killable. I it just it's in a spot where you're not going to kill him. You'd have to shoot literally four thousand yards. Yeah, I mean you can't, and there's no roads. It's just you, good luck killing him. I mean, yeah. you, ha- gotta want it. Oh, Jesus, <laughs> you need you need repelling gear. You need a plane. <laughs> gotta want it. So there's there's a question for you. If you blow a bear out or you miss a bear, uh, what's your chances of getting back on that bear from your experience? It, it totally depends. Um, I mean, shoot, was it last? This one unit, we have literally shot bears back to back days out of the same unit. Really, the last couple of years, yeah. We did that. Uh, that was two years ago. Two years Actually, ago. Yeah, yeah. Last year we killed three bears out of the same unit, and the year before. I shot one off a stump, and it was actually the bear that my buddy's wife shot in the leg mm. the year previous and didn't get. Oh, really? Yeah. So I went back up there and was sitting on this rock bluff, and I hadn't, I hadn't even talked to them. You know, they'd been busy doing their thing and working. Well, um, it was actually uh, the biggest boar that I've killed, and it was a, a cinnamon. I think it was cinnamon chocolate. It, it was a cooler color. Wow. It was kind of in between. And um, – I ended up shooting this thing right on cool. We went down there, took pictures, packed it out. Well, I took it to the tax service that next day and talked to him. And he's like, dude, we literally killed a bear 50 feet from where yours died off the same rock yesterday. Really? Yeah. So a lot of the times, I mean, you know, sounds bad. We haven't missed very many bears. And so, you know, knock on wood. <laughs> but, uh, you know, it's if, if they're in an area where they feel comfortable, you know, if you get bumped, I mean, a lot, I mean you'll drive up to a unit and bump a bear out. Um, you know, you'll see them take off running. It may be two to three days or maybe a week before they're back out in there, mm. but there's got to be something in there and why they're living in there for a reason. So it might take a little while for them to be back, but I guarantee it they're going to be back, you know, within a week or so. Right. That, uh, crap hole unit I took you to where there's a ton of poison oak ticks and all that. Crap oh yes. About. Yes. Uh-huh. Um, so when I, we found that unit, the guy shot one, um, that night. Went back in the next day. I passed on one, and then <laughs> two days later, I took Chase in there, and we found more bears in there. Like I just, I don't think they really care, you know. Yeah. Like as long as you're not being too intrusive, I don't think they really care. Yeah, it's funny because they're that, doing their own thing and getting yeah, warmed up. Yeah, because that unit, if you just took it out the bottom, it wouldn't even be that bad. You can't take it out the bottom. Why not? That farmer's fields down there. 
the poison oak one? Yeah, and it, trust me, I've been in there. It's like this, and it's neck high poison oak and rock bluff. You got me wondering if I'm thinking of the right poison oak one because, uh, dude, I'm telling you, it's it's terrible. I won't even go there anymore. There's tons of bears in there. It is starting to get grown up a little too much now, but I yeah. I don't think I've ever gone in there and not seen a bear. I I think I'm, you're thinking of the same one, and if you onyx it, you'll know that it's not a dude, farmer's poison oak though to your neck, <laughs> and it's seriously like almost vertical and most of it's rock. I'm just mm. and there's ticks everywhere. Uh, th- that I will agree. I remember I got like freaking 12 ticks last so year. So the first time I went in there, um, that night he shot that bear, I think I had like 11 or 12 in me. Really? And then we picked like 20-something off of me. <sighs> yeah, and then yeah. like I took my backpack mm-hmm. and shook it and just ticks like just, it was like it's... it was like pine needles, but they were ticks. Oh. I mean, that's how many were on. Dude, that, me. that is it's one thing disgusting. that I'm extremely excited about from selling my forerunners and getting to Tacoma. Uh-huh. I put all the tick infested packs in the back. <laughs> they don't go in the cab no more. That's one thing that almost kills it for me, man. Is just like knowing that there's and it's always like right on the back of my neck. That seems to be the spot. You know they're there, like, and I don't really care. But when God. it's that bad. Well, I've always heard that, you know, if the tick's not in you for 24 hours, the chance of getting Lyme disease is, like, super bad. It's, it's almost nothing from what I, I understand. Yeah, I don't know if that's true or not. Well, you're the medical guy here. Yeah, I, dude, there's – I, I got nothing <laughs> good to say about ticks. I Sometimes I wonder why some animals even exist, like ticks. Mm-hmm. They're, they're feed pointless. the turkeys. Yeah, they're pointless. Mosquitoes are pointless. They feed some fish, I guess. But... Oh, dude, there's, like, millions of other things they could eat. <laughs> I mean, seriously. I would buy worms and feed them if we could eliminate mm. ticks and mosquitoes off the face of the earth. Which I'd pay I'd pay a hundred dollars a year to get rid of mosquitoes. Yeah, I would too. <laughs> and ticks. I'd pay probably two hundred dollars a year to get rid of ticks. Just complete genocide of one I'd species. Really Dude, of poison oak. Have you ever like shot an animal and walked up there and looked at ticks and go, Oh my god, I literally did this animal a favor. Yeah, a yeah. blacktail. Dude, yeah, it is I've shot blacktails black like that. Freaking real. Yeah. Especially noticed- lower to the valley. Oh, yeah, dude, I noticed the mule deer and the elk over in Eastern Oregon. They're way cleaner, mm-hmm. way, especially the mule deer over in the high desert. I think I only saw a couple on my mule deer this year I that I noticed. I can't think of one I saw. I think dude, I saw a couple up by its eye. I'm really? just hoping that with Oregon putting all these wolves back over here, <laughs> dude, there, there's wolves like you know, and right around here local now. I'm just yeah. hoping that these wolves come over and figure out that there's lots of ticks and they'll just go away. <laughs> yeah, they're like 50 miles that way. That's freaking. I I I would suspect that there there's a wolf right now, less than 50 miles from us. Oh, guaranteed. Well, yeah. that's just what they claim. Yeah. And they, always, they well, we don't know where this came from. There was a news from. article where they said they were over at the coast, over by like freaking Reedsport somewhere. Yep. Uh, I actually had have buddies that live down there, and they have a couple people that have seen them. Yep, I believe it. And I don't know, man. I'm I'm not a conspiracy theory guy, but I think the feds are playing games with that. I think they're transplanting them and doing stuff. Well, no, they are. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's, it's. Did you see the path of that one wolf that followed the highways? Yeah. I'm like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, well, it just like I said, when ran down the center median. <laughs> yeah, that, that's kind of odd. Yeah. I was like, okay. When a guy from Fish and Game would tell me, "Oh, in five years, wolves will be a problem in the state." I'm like, "Well, how do you know that?" Oh, trust me. Yeah. And about five years later, oh my gosh, this wolf make this huge trip. It's so magical. Yeah. Fuck. Oh, and then magically a female <laughs> comes along yeah. and it's like, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. do me, do me, do yeah. me. Yeah. <laughs> there's like what? Bullshit. There's, yeah, there's over 100 in this state now, isn't there's there? There's over 130 that they know of. Yeah. What was the last count? 
130. I want to say 137. Well, I could you heard be about when they did the flyover over like Diamond Lake and Tokety area. I didn't hear about that. For elk. Oh. So normally they count several hundred. Uh-huh. This last year they counted eight elk. What? Yeah. That's yeah. what I was told in their flyover. That's not good. Yeah. <laughs> but it'll be fine. Don't worry about it. No, uh, they're they're happy. They're like, yes. Yeah. Yes. So that's the problem is, okay, so you in, you introduce this super predator. Mm-hmm. Do they okay. not understand why Idaho is paying people to kill them? <laughs> yeah. Look at Yellowstone. Yeah. I mean, seriously. Yellowstone went unmanaged, obviously because it's a national park. But look at their elk numbers. Yeah. Like, that should be the only thing you have to look at to go, that's a terrible idea. And then... Well, the people that are for the wolves are like, look at how big of a success it was. The fish returned. I'm like, okay, this is complete bullshit. Yeah, exactly. So, <laughs> Did you see that little thing? No, I didn't. Oh, dude. Sounds terrible. We so transplanted stupid. the wolves, and then the wolves scared the deer and elk away or killed them all. And then that allowed this to grow, which allowed the fish to return, which allowed... All this other stuff, and now they're yeah, all living. Yeah, because salmon runs are great. Yeah, I, I don't <laughs> know. <laughs> Dude, I, I just can't We had four this year. It's just propaganda. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Wait, yeah, we did have like four salmon up the South Umqua or six probably, salmon up the South Probably, I wouldn't doubt it. It's been Dude, terrible. The, Literally, there was and only the a handful is, of like, salmon. I don't want to go too far down this rabbit hole, but like with the wolf <laughs> thing, like problem is, is the state won't do anything about it until it's too far gone. They'll, are you are you sure there's wolves? I heard there's a lot of big coyotes. Yeah, there's, there's really big black coyotes. There's really big coyotes. So Koi wolves or whatever they call they'll, them. They'll they'll wait until everything's so far gone that <laughs> it won't recover in our lifetime. Not fully, you know. Not that there's going to be just no elk to hunt, but it's going to be not yeah. worth doing it. This uh, <laughs> be more of glorified cramp- cramping. You saying something trips. about the uh, wolves getting mixed up with coyotes? <laughs> there's this guy on Instagram. This was a while ago. And I hope somebody knows who I'm talking about. He posted this picture of these two huge, what looks like wolves. Yeah. And he's like, selfies. And I'm, you know, oh, look what I did. I'm a badass, you know, kind of thing. And then, then like, somebody's like, dude, those are fucking huskies. Like, somebody's <laughs> missing their dogs right now. And then you look at them like, yeah, that's not a wolf. <laughs> like, they're just two... Like it looks like you shot somebody's domestic dogs, and then somebody's like saying "koi wolf," and I just, <laughs> it just looked funky, man. Like something was going on with that. I think he literally shot two like Malamutes or something. <laughs> that was terrible. Yeah, it's <laughs> really sad because they were only like a hundred pounds. They weren't like two hundred pound wolves. But um, speaking of other random shit, did you uh, Wayne Endicott's been posting some stuff? Uh, shout out to Wayne for being an amazing. Um, I don't know what you'd call it, dude, for our hunting rights and shit. But I've been bitching about making bears a quota since they switched it into a draw for South. Now he's bringing that um, completely on his own, and he's taking polls and stuff, but suggesting we do quotas. Um, And then extending the season out to June 15th and other stuff too now. Sweet. I wouldn't Um, mind getting more bear tags. Yeah. I mean, making it a quota and then having it like – I don't know. I'm a big fan of what he's doing right now, so shout out to him. Yeah, I just – I hate what – it's not him. It's what the state's doing with, the, like, the whole $8 thing to apply for something. Oh, we're trying to right. promote hunting. Dude, have really? you seen the new elk bills they came out with? No. You haven't? Have you? No, not yet. I, I shouldn't be the one to tell talk about this one because I really don't know. I know what I know, and I know that it's open season on private land for elk. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw that. Yeah. Damage control, but you can sell them 
Really? You can kill as many as you want kind of thing. Either sex. Yeah. Yeah, that'll In be certain great. areas. Yeah. It's when like, it, is that for 2019? That's like they're voting on it, I think, soon. I don't know. It'll go through. It shouldn't. Dude, there's no way. Dude, well, but what does shouldn't that, say that. What does it come down to? It makes them more money. Well, I... That's what all this shit's about. And it's dude, I don't even know where that bill came from. I wonder if it was from outfitters or ranchers. Or private timber companies. Could be. Yeah, that's that's, that's yeah. a big one. I yeah, didn't but even think time, about that. If, if they're so worried about their shit, why do they make it so hard to hunt their land? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, these timber companies don't want the elk and deer, necessarily. Right. I shouldn't say that. But, you know, I mean, like, they're it's a concern for them. But then... Well, you can't be here. You can't be there. You can't be here. You got to pay us four hundred bucks to be there. It's like <laughs> the, the big thing that I, you know, I God. see like up where I where I hunt. Someone just poached a cow and left it today. That's really bad down here. There's yeah, it's it, like a serial killer down here. I ran yeah, I ran into a state trooper um, while I was working two days ago up where we where we hunt too, and uh, he was pulling a. Uh, do, are you on? The, are you the one that found that spike this year that was dead? I don't think, no, I found one a few years ago. Somebody found one right uh, where you were hunting this year in that really s- similar area. Somebody shot a spike and left it. I think they mistook it for a bull or something. Gotcha. They put a, put a, a trail cam down on there, and the snow snowed him out. He was just now getting his trail cam back. And, uh, and so that started the whole topic of, you know, this guy, he could be up towards 40 elk now. They don't, they don't that know. That they know of. That, that they know that's, of. That's, yeah. I mean, it's freaking ridiculous. Like, same thing with ours. There's there's guys that, you know, we found that uh, shot a cow early season and then, you know, went up there and went, oh, you know, it must have been just a cow. They wish it was the bull. Oh. Left it. And, and then, like, that little dry week between, um, shoot, like, general deer season and rifle high cascade elk, mm-hmm. that little week in between, you know, there was guys that were whacking bulls and leaving them up there during that week, and you're getting in trouble for it. And it's like, are you freaking kidding, you're me? That, kidding that, me? Yeah, that's the problem nowadays. Yeah, is you know, and it's not like they're getting punished. You know, they give them, oh yeah, it's slap like, on the you wrist. Know, three years no hunting. You know, walk around do some community service. You know, congratulations. <laughs> Sometimes. Yeah. So, but it's so like, it depends if they get caught good. I, the, I shouldn't say too much about it, but. The one last year, he got hammered. Yeah. Thousands and thousands of dollars. He is a logger. He was a cutter who can no longer be on that timber company's land, which means he just lost his job because, like, he can't even pass through it. Yeah. So he didn't work for that company, but he can't be, he cannot step one foot on one piece of their property. Good. So, yeah. There goes your job. Kind of. They, so he got hammered a little. I, yeah, I mean, there was a little bit he about got, that. He got hammered a little too hard. It was illegal out, killed legally. Just well, something illegal happened after. Wasn't it during fire season? Kind they of. allowing people in there because of fire yeah, season? Yeah, so, so. so I know exactly the bullet you guys are talking about. <laughs> I almost shot that bull the day before at 40 yards, and they closed us out of fire danger. So we left, and that next couple of days, they went back up there and shot yeah. that bull. Really? Oh, yeah, I was pissed. That's a so, giant bull. Com- yeah. Compared to what some guys are doing. I have that bull, pictures they, they, of that bull good. during velvet all the way till he shed his velvet really yep god wow. what that bull go like 340 oh no that that i mean that bull was huge freaking huge yeah yeah oh yeah oh no i know exactly the one you're talking yeah, about young, young yeah, guys that's why i was like 100 percent. i hope those guys just got <laughs> yeah. freaking hammered he, they all yeah. did they got freaking yeah. i think one of them lost his hunting rights for pretty much most of his life yeah just it's just not out. worth it no it just isn't no it's 
Yeah, then there's another guy that got uh, caught the other day. We're so far off topic here, but guys like it. So, uh, the, like when one of the number one mule deer in the state or something like that. Do you hear about that? His ex ex wife turned him in. No way. Yeah. You know, something I, I women. Well, I, I, apparently there's some other shit too, some like other bulls or something like that. But yeah, he lost like one of the biggest archery mule deer in Oregon. That's crazy. Yeah. Well, you get shot it with a gun. I think. Yeah, you get a lot of that. It seems like, like. I wouldn't be surprised if half the record book is bullshit. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't be surprised. Well, you get a lot of these guys so that are super successful. Not everyone, but like guys that are super successful during bow season. Yeah. Ten years, you find out. Well, they were doing it all with a rifle. <laughs> you know what yeah, I mean? No like, yeah. shit, I could do that. Like, that's you- that's that's where you have to be. You're like me. You're like. You you you're fairly successful. You're not killing huge shit like Derek is. Hey, dude, I shoot spikes. <laughs> I like spikes. I yeah yeah. Well, we'll see. I I might get a little bit more picky with deer. You know, even I'm still a little picky, but uh, deer I'm gonna get more and more picky each year. But elk, it's still the first one that walks out that has horns. Oh yeah. I don't know how many cows I passed up. It's not even worth counting. I mean, it's. They might like a, a a four point like that might as well be a doe for me. It, I just it just I don't know. But anyways, well let's get back on to uh, on topic a little bit here. So, uh, what's your what's your schedule look like for going out this year? Because I won't even be able to go out until probably second weekend or so technically first weekend. Way I work right now is from like Monday through Thursday. I'm uh, like seven thirty to five. Yeah. So where I hunt is really close to my house. So I, I mean, I can get off five o'clock, be up there by, you know, five thirty, and then hunt all the way till dark. So I got lots of time to go up there, sit on a unit, you know, whatever the case may be. Uh-huh. And every other Friday I get off. So every other, every other week I get a three day week. Um, you know, on the Friday I do work, I end up working like eight till five thirty or eight to five. And so, um, you know, I got, you know, like every day after work for the most part, you know, three day weekends, um, and so I can, you know, hit it as hard as I want. Hmm. I mean, shoot, you get two months to do it. You get April, yeah. May. <laughs> and so, Could you imagine having until June 15th or April, May? Yeah. June 15th. That'd be crazy. That'd be like rut. That's Dude. when they're starting to rut. Yep. Yeah. Cause that last part of May, um, and that's why I mean, we see so many bears that last couple of weeks in May because you get those big boars that will go in there and they'll kick those cubs off them sows. <laughs> so there's all these little cubs walking around all over the place and, you know. <laughs> uh-uh. <laughs> okay, I shoot one little bear. Dude, I, I took uh, my buddy Ty Carey out last year. Uh. And uh, before we went, he said, I want a chocolate bear. I'm like, oh, frick, dude. Jeez, I mean, we can we can try. Yeah, yeah. I was like, I mean, we can go find a bear. Yeah, let's go find a unicorn. That's and uh, so <laughs> yeah. we go out there, and I kid you I not, I have one testicle yeah. too. <laughs> the first bear that I spotted for him was a chocolate, and it was like eighty pounds, oh. and it was like right alongside the road in the timber. I'm like, Ty, freaking shoot that thing! You know, and he's like, I ain't gonna shoot. That. I'm like, there's your chocolate. <laughs> and uh, we're sitting there and all of a sudden another little bear walks out. i mean there's just two cubs that got kicked off a of mom uh, but uh, i was just flicking him crap going dude just freaking shoot it he <laughs> ended up that we ended, i ended up finding him a bigger bear that evening he ended up killed it was a it was good boar hmm. but um it was so funny i mean freaking trying to get him to shoot that little cub should shoot him because i had one ruin my <laughs> blind <laughs> my chair uh that thing fucked my shit up. <laughs> Dude, they're freaking little rascals, man. Yeah. They're oh, fun and to then watch. The sow. No, that was the boar. I had a trail camera out and mm-hmm. I had this big molasses and corn block. Yeah. I paid like twenty five bucks for it. 
That freaking boar played with it. I have hundreds of pictures of him playing with it, rolling around and everything. Uh-huh. Then he carries it off. <laughs> like <laughs> a really day and a half after I put it there. Son of a bitch. You know what I was surprised is that the bears really love rolling in hay. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I put hay out this year too. Did you? Yeah, I put alfalfa out and that bear, same thing. It's just like tons of pictures of rolling around. For bears. It's really weird. Like they love it. they love rolling in it. He didn't um, eat it. He just played yeah, in it. Yeah. It's like a bed. It's like yeah, sleeping on the ground, but then now you have a bed and you never Yeah, it's really weird. I've never I can't say I've never seen it because obviously I've seen it, but it's like hay is like, yeah, they just it's like a might as well just be a a trampoline. I mean, they just <laughs> want to awesome. Yeah. So if you ever want to get a bear on your camera, just pack in some hay in there, but we're gonna oh. go out and there. People are gonna listen to this, and there's gonna be piles <laughs> of hay in every unit. Goes, if I can get this close to the landing, right? <laughs> now the bears, it's uh anything like sweet scented, like the little salt blocks you can get, mm-hmm. like apple and shit like that. You want a bear on your camera? Put one of those sons of bitches <laughs> out. It'll be there in two days. I I had this one idea this one year. I it's like one of the first years I think I ever had a trail camera, <laughs> and my grandma's apple tree was. It's fenced off. So, first of all, we're the only ones with access to this apple tree that I don't know how the limbs fell off, dude. There's so many apples on this cocksucker. So, we take literally probably about 50, 60 pounds of apples. We pack them in there on this skid road thing, set set everything up, and then uh, we come back like two days later. They're all gone. <laughs> all gone. And there's these like, you know that Jurassic Park? point or a movie where he has that triceratops shit yes okay. yes it was like that with apples though dude it was like <laughs> just giant piles of they look like applesauce it was so gross that there's a bear in there that literally ate all the apples and then there was also elk that were in there deer i mean it was yeah. all gone in two days i have those apple trees on our place now and that's what i was using last year yeah and it was i'd put them out and within couple hours the deer would be on those apples yeah and i could check it a day two days three days and they'd be gone and i was taking well as much as my everly stock would hold yeah and it was like that every single time but there was no good bucks in there Hmm. i only got one picture of one good buck and it was during the rut so and it was just once so i think he was just cruising just cruising by Mm -hmm. yeah i can't believe like if you want to ton of deer never one good buck showed up except that one yeah yeah, if you want a quick action on your camera, put apples out there. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's crazy, especially where there's not apples. Yep. yep. Which yeah. is weird, though, because, like, apple-scented things, I've tried them all, don't work. There's got to be a difference. They can tell the difference. It's got to be, because I've tried every apple-scented thing that I think they make, and they'll just walk right by it. They don't even touch it. Hmm. Real apples, they're on it like crack. <laughs> I mean, hmm. so. Yeah. I tried that sugar beet stuff, that purple powdery stuff yeah. one year. Bears and found it last time I used it. Really? Mm-hmm. I, I, I really quick. I think it's a deterrent for my. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> I don't think I've ever had anything over. I the hiked sugar my beat. happy ass up there, super steep. Yeah. And that kind of benched off, mm-hmm. and that's where my camera was. And I did have pictures of bucks and stuff in there. Well, I put some of that sugar beet stuff out, and then a block. And I went and checked it like two weeks later. <laughs> On my way up, I found a chunk of my block, a couple hundred yards down the hill, oh, and I'm like, <laughs> God damn it. And sure enough, I get up there, and it's all gone. You can see where Bear had been and stuff and start looking through pictures. And sure enough, Bear just jacked my shit up. That's crazy. Things, see? Do you use trail cams for bears at all? So I used to. Um, up past, like, I used to have a lot of permission to hunt up behind my house. And uh, it's actually a, a different person owns that land. I think a different uh, timber company bought it out. Um, but I used to go up there when I was younger. I mean, shoot, dude, when I was, like, 
you know, in middle school and stuff, dude, all I did every weekend, I'd ride my quad up and I'd go, go walk in the woods and put trail cameras out. And I didn't have anything fancy. I'd like the, the cheaper bush nail cameras that only took black and white, but you know, I had so much fun and I, uh, we have a bunch of apple trees at our place. Huh. And so I'd pick up apples and I'd go up there and back then I was doing it, try to, to bait for deer, you know, try to, um, because, you know, back then my, we were just building a house. And so my dad was always, you know, working. So I would, mm-hmm. you know, go right up there and walk in, take my apples and be like, you know, that would be my, my archery hunting is sitting in a tree stand. You know, it's something I could do after school or whatever. And, uh, I'd get a couple good bucks on there and then it would just be bears and it would be just, that's all I'd get. Really? Like, what the frick? And so they started ripping all my trail cameras apart. <laughs> and, uh, I mean, I ended up getting a bear box and getting stuff like that. And they, I mean, I don't know. I was trying not to touch my trail camera. I'd go in there with like gloves and, and, and spray it down because for some reason they demolished all my cameras. And my last good camera I had, um, I put up there and I had my bear box. Well, I had my camera too close to the front. So that bear bit and his one canine went through and broke my lens. <laughs> so that's the last time I've used a camera for for trying to see you know what i've got up behind the house and and then nowadays with with so many people that hunt um and try to figure out where your hunting ground are if if you got a trail camera in a spot people can't resist they're gonna go check it or steal it Mm -hmm. um and if they're if they're looking in an area and go wow somebody else got a trail camera here there's probably animals yeah so then that automatically alerts them to hey i'm gonna go check out this area again so i spend all my time walking shed hunting scouting that i don't even run cameras anymore because i I mean i don't want to alert anybody for Hmm. for what's going on Here's a question for you. If you run across a trail camera out in the uh, wild, is it fair or or cool to check it? I, I don't touch people's stuff. I wouldn't want to do it in mine. Hmm. Uh, I never have. I've thought about it, um, just checking them. Yeah. But um, So I've ran cameras for years, and knock on wood, I've been very fortunate. I've never had one stolen. Yeah. I'm also working harder than most people most of the time. <laughs> most of the time. I have some yeah. cameras. I set them up and I leave them like, that yeah. thing's gone. But <laughs> um, I've had them turned off. I watched. I had yeah. a, I had one on video mode. I watched a guy brush it in, like just cover the lens. All I ever saw was his hands. He never put it. So he must have spotted it, walked around it. Hmm. Um, and then I had one turned off. Um, so it was taking pictures and stuff. And all of a sudden I get a picture of the thing opening. Yep. And it's in the off mode when oh. I got there. So God, that would piss me it's off. It's a dick move, but at least it was still there. I know. You know, I've, so I've move ran it. across them, and, like, the want and the need to check that camera is so, like, great. Like, what? It's on that yeah. camera. But I, I've i never done yeah. it. I've never done it. I, but I would rather someone check it and then leave it. Right. Yeah. Then I'm, I'm, with, I'm with you guys. Like, if it's not yours, don't freaking touch it. I know. You know, but at the same time. I don't find very many on the west side. Very rarely. I, At least I, that I, I catch noticed. Them, yeah, on the east side, I see them every year. Oh, I see them. All One over water the place. hole will have five. Mm-hmm. Have, have you guys ever uh, accidentally or like left funny pictures for somebody? <laughs> yeah. So yeah. <laughs> this this so it was like quite a few years ago. I ended up shooting this bull. It's my ass. No. And, um, <laughs> I I never I never checked the camera because it was locked you huh. know, and I didn't touch the person's stuff. But I ended up shooting this bull and this bull ran directly past their trail camera. <laughs> and so we went by and took pictures and stuff. You know that, on the. Dude, yeah. that happened to me and Mitch last year. We're, we're tracking his mule deer, and uh, the freaking thing ran like 500 yards or something <laughs> like that. It was like, good God. And he shish kebobbed it, like perfect shot. I was like, okay. The broadhead wasn't super sharp, Not number one. Razors. 
Yeah, it was a nap Hellraiser, but it I mean it went all the way through all of pretty much all the vitals. But anyways, so I'm like going by, and then I'm like, wow, there's like this big like dry wallow kind of thing, you know, like that big dirt area. Like no, I barely fighting. left the road when I went over there. Well, this one, um, well, like I'm talking like the Mount Emily where we found all those dry wallows. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I'm like, wow, it's it's like something's been here, and then I'm like. Oh, there's a salt lick right. Here. I'm like, oh man, there's a salt lick right here. And then so I'm like, I start. I'm like, wait, no, there's a salt lick right here. There's probably a camera. And then uh, like just five yards to my right, there's a camera taking pictures of me and stuff. And so I'm like, I'm trying to like sign language to the camera. I'm like, my buddy shot deer, ran through here. <laughs> oh god, if I could just it, see those that, pictures. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> whoever has that camera, can you please post them online? Because I want to see Garrett Weaver trying to hand signal. Oh, <laughs> uh, I guarantee. Well, if they have checked it, they've probably got a good laugh at it. Like, what? This is retarded. I didn't have a bow or anything. I'm just out there uh, uh, doing a bunch of sign language and shit. But yeah, so I, I, I like have looking at them. I like looking at them. See how other guys set their shit up. Uh um, because sometimes a lot of times you just find them. They're just like on a spot what if you had a guy that set his up the most re- like stupidest way you could ever set it up to where it's like right here or maybe like right here but facing down at the salt lick so he's lo- literally not gonna those. get a picture of anything i've seen those where do you help a above. brother out or since it's not yours you don't touch it i, I, I think know. that you just leave it how it <laughs> yeah. is i mean I've because he probably ones, put so. some big thought if i leave it here i'm gonna get a close-up yeah. picture of this buck's one <laughs> antler <laughs> Yeah, I've seen some uh, good setups, though, too. Like, we found one one year. Um, you could tell that they'd been using the area, a ton of salt and stuff. Mm-hmm. But he dug out into the bank. So it was like a slight rolling hill like this. He dug out into the bank to where the elk had to stick their head in this hole uh, to get to the salt. And then his tree stand was exactly like 90 degrees from that. Oh, smart. Exactly. So, you know, a bull comes in. To get to that salt, like he's done all summer, he's got to stick his head. And now his eyes are his covered. eyes are completely covered. And you uh, can do whatever the fuck you want in that, that tree stand. That, that's good, genius. genius. <laughs> and you yeah. could tell, like where this was, the elk had been pounding it. Really, so smart guy. I want to shoot something out of a tree stand this year. Like I don't know why. I just I've, want to. I've try got it. close. You you've tried it. So I've had tree stands up, but on opening day, late season, I shot. While I was walking to my tree stand, the buck was already there, so I shot the buck standing underneath my tree stand. So that's about as close as I've got. Really? <laughs> yep. I saw a video. Uh, I think a local guy, uh, shout out to SoloCam XT uh, on YouTube. He shot this beautiful black tail. He usually does. I think he's got private property. He has it all set up. I've got seen this thing, yeah. And uh, okay. he had a trail cam set up on the opposite side of the of where the deer was going to come in. The deer comes in right in front of his trail cam. He's, it stops right in front of his trail cam. He's up in his tree stand, shoots it. You can see his film of the arrow going in the deer, and then the trail cam filmed it coming out of the deer. Oh, that's awesome. Dude, the coolest that one in sweet. a million. Yeah, I've watched that YouTube video. Yeah. Do we need to get tracer rounds to shoot bears? <laughs> I mean, I know you can, yeah. like, you know, through your spot and scope and phone scope, you can see the vapor trail. Yeah. But, oh. Tracer rounds. Catch the bear on fire. Hey, man. Worst case scenario. I've seen people shoot grizzlies with those things. Have you really? Oh, dude, you ever watch those old, like, uh, primo shows? I think, uh, um, shoot, I think Brad Ferris shot one or, uh, <laughs> Frick, whatever his name was, Chris something or whatever, shot one, and you could see that round. Really? Oh, yeah. It was only, like, 50, 60 yards, but it still looked cool. <laughs> I got chase rounds. They're called Light of Nux. I haven't ran those in a few years. I haven't ran them in... 
I don't know. I just since like since they became legal, it's I don't like use them. Yeah. I don't know. It's so, funny because you fight to make these things legal. When they come legal, like, eh, nah, fuck it. I don't want to use it. Anymore. I know. <laughs> it's too big of a pain. They're like expandables. Like, eh. They're different. Are you going to run them? I'm not. Knock. Uh, if I ran an expandable, it would be on a turkey. Yeah. And it would be a hybrid, like a muzzy hybrid. Yep. The problem is, is like, you know, is the setup I'm running right now with those, with my 125 grain kudus is they are That's such a, a sh- hey, dude, I like them. <laughs> <laughs> they, uh. They put such a good little hole in them. I mean, dude, I shot that bull last year mm-hmm. at, you know, 20, 30 yards, and the way he was angling downhill, I b- broke his top of his shoulder, went all the way through and poking out on the other side, and the bull went like 30 yards and tipped over. Yeah. And so it's like, you know, it's hard going away from – I mean, the thing I don't like about expandables, there's so many moving parts. Yeah, if you hit a spot, you go through a rib, you hit in a soft spot, it's going to open up. Yeah. But you do have a very high possibility <laughs> of breaking blades. Yeah, I guess that's what everything. Everything's thinner because everything's bigger. Exactly. So to get the weight right, you know? they have to make things thin. Yep. It's just not for me, and it's just something else that can fail. I know. So I just don't like when they're in your quiver. I don't like that how they like rattle and they can deploy in your quiver. Yep. I don't like how they are when you're like have it cocked on the rest, and you can just hear that rattling. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if that's all of them, but the ones that I've seen and dealt with, there's like that little loose metallic sound. That and you I'm sure get. there's plenty of good ones out there. It's just it's just not for me. I'm not going to do it. It's one more thing that can fail. There's a newer one that's getting a lot of love right now, and I forget what it's called. G5's new one is getting good. Which one's that? Like the Deadlock or something? I don't know because no. I don't look into it's, it's Or not, Dead Meat or something like that. Oh, yeah, I heard the Dead Meat. It's a pretty meat. sweet looking little head, but not going to use it. Surprisingly for expandable, you know, it was a good little head. Hmm. Uh, that Ulmer Edge. Hmm. Yeah, by Randy Ulmer. I've heard good things about um I've heard I've heard things about the Ulmer Edge. I wish I could it's a new it, I would say they've been out for 2 or 3 years now. It's not the Thorn. It's uh, uh So my problem anymore is too it's, it's red. Yeah. I don't know. Grim I, Reaper? No. They've I wouldn't been out say for a, a long time. I wouldn't say a problem, but like you could take field points and expandable and say a kudu, because this yeah. has been done on YouTube, 100 yards, and they all group the same. So the whole thing behind a expandable when they first came out was, oh, they're like a field point. Okay, well, now broadheads have come far enough that it doesn't matter. Yep. So well, why uh, add another variable of, oh, it has to expand when it gets uh, there? I think it takes more to get those heads to all hit the same versus a mechanical. It's just plug and play pretty much. Yep. Yeah, well, some I think of a, them. A lot of people, they get – irritated when they buy a broadhead is they go up and they look and go oh field field tip accuracy so what that means <laughs> is if those broadheads are tuned to your bow yeah you will shoot a group like your field tips mm-hmm. you will hold a good group that is all that sane a lot of times if you get with like an expandable or whatever the case may be some of the newer broadheads um yeah they shoot like your field tips mm-hmm. i mean they're gonna shoot they're gonna they're gonna track the same they're gonna hit in the same spot mm-hmm. but a lot of broadheads out there nowadays that say field tip accuracy are only meaning they'll hold a, a group, not necessarily you're going to go out there and shoot them, they're going to be dead nuts with your field tips. And that's what people right. get irritated about. They're like, oh, these things are a pile. You know, granted, you, you can tune your bow to an ascent, you know, to a, a point where they can shoot close, but some broadheads, I mean, even, you know, they're, they're not going to fly I've 100%. Had, no. I've had some broadheads that, you know, once the bow's tuned, shoot field tips, then shoot broadheads, same hole hmm. or close, you know. Yeah. But uh, to me, that aren't. says more about the shooter, the arrow, and the bow than it does the broadhead. Mm. I say, but I also don't remember what my exact setup was that year, mm. and my shit rotates so much that I t- <laughs> never well, know. I, I will say, like we were talking about tooth of the arrow earlier, and they're going to come on the show. I think uh, Monday, 
um, is that that fourth blade, I get more um, deflection uh, or it slows down the arrow. Like, and granted, I'm testing these things all the way. Yeah, I get more drag. I'm testing these things at like 90 yards. Were you there that year where we were shooting at the at the camp at the Reinhardt out in the uh, at the field when Shelby shot her ball? I don't think we're so. shooting like 90 and 100 yards, and and I was that's back when I had my synergy. I was absolutely just killing it. Well, I was there that year. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I was there that day. Oh well, those two through the arrow at 90 yards would hit like four or five inches low, and then every other broadhead I had, and it was just a drag. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's more drag, but I mean, you can account for that as long as they're consistent. Oh, well, I'm not going to shoot elk at 90. Exactly, and that's the other thing. It's like okay, you get up to 100 <laughs> yards. I'm not doing it. Yeah. So. I mean, it's just whatever. Yeah. Well, I, I'm going to be using the SSTs for the gun this year. Uh, I've just been using SSTs for eight years now, and I've had problems with nozzlers not opening up. And I use You're the gun uh, hunting this year. Huh? You're gun hunting. This if year? I see a big bear, oh, I'm God. gonna. If I see a big enough bear, the gun's coming out. It's I would just, never do that. It's got. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He said. Did I tell you what I said when he sent me the picture of his buck this year? Oh, did you shoot a buck with a gun? Mm-mm. Oh, <laughs> might as well have been a gun. It's fun. <laughs> <laughs> he, uh, he's, you know, team dirty trad, just absolutely smoking targets with his trad out to like I don't know, thirty five yards, 30? fifty most of the time. Really? Yeah, I could, I could usually hold it in a pipe plate at fifty yards. Yeah. Not that I would shoot that far, but I could. But your thirty yard groups were. Oh, dude. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna say like baseball or smaller. Killer, like killer. Fuck! I shot a grouse on the move at thirty something yards yeah. this year. Yeah, and uh, now I don't own one. so he sends me a picture of this buck, and the compound's in the picture, and I'm like, <laughs> hashtag trad life. <laughs> like, as soon as you see a buck, the freaking true colors come out. But oh, give me something I know. Exactly. <laughs> That's like uh, that. Um, oh, shoot, I don't know. If it was on Born Raised when Cody or whatever was those bulls came in, and Josh is looking at him. He's like, you need to get yourself one of these. You need yourself <laughs> one of these bows. Right. It's always it's always funny because last uh, last few elk. A lot of the last elk chances we've had at elk, they've all been in trad range. That mm-hmm. one I killed this year was a trad bull all day uh-huh. long, 18 yards. And then, like this year with Shelby, I think most of the elk she passed on were in trad range. Yeah, they were all under 40. Mm-hmm. Most of them were under 40, I will say. A couple of them were in the 20s. So. Yeah, yeah. Mitch's bull this year was 25. Shit, even the one she shot two years ago was 30. Yeah, it was going to be my shot, but she's like, I have a perfect shot, and then why the fuck is the arrow not there? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, What's don't your, wait on me. Yep. What's your average shot on a bear? Uh, Even though we have long-range guns, it seems like it's always, like, 200 yards to, like, 250. Really? Oh, yeah. Yeah, this year we're going to try to, you know, I'm going to try to get myself set up. The problem is, <laughs> you know, dude, we've been hunting, like, archery hunters our whole life, and every time we see something, the first thing is, like, okay, we know we can get closer. You know, then you, like, you get over there, and you're like, I could have shot it back there. Yeah. But um, this last year was the longest shot I've ever killed an animal with. And I want to say it was like 540-something or 450-something. I can't remember what it was. That's and a good poke. And that's my longest shot. I mean, because everything I've always shot has been I can get to 200 yards. And if I can get to 200 yards and know that I won't miss, then let's get to 200 yards. Yeah. You know? I've made that mistake twice now. I had a big – well, not a big – a nice muley in Idaho – decent buck 150 mm-hmm. and uh i had him at like 600 and i'm like okay i know i can make that shot minus the wind was a little iffy so i'm like okay let's just get to the 200 and i'll just smoke it and i'm like i got a gun i'll just go walk up to 200 and, and <laughs> freaking that thing blows out of there because i i just 
I had rifle hunted in so long, it was like I had no respect for the animal's senses for out to 200 yards. And, like, I was just going to walk up to it and shoot it. It's a gun, right? Yeah. And so that was retarded. And then uh, the year prior to that, or maybe two years prior to that, I had this 170, 175-inch mule deer, and I have my long gun with me. It's set up. It's dialed. It's like 550 yards or something like that. And I just got done shooting rocks at 900, and I'm like, okay. Mitch is like, shoot that thing right now. Like, that thing needs to die. It's huge. And <laughs> I'm like, dude, doesn't he know we're here? I can sneak up another 300 yards, and it's a slam dunk. And, I, like, long story short, these guys, four-wheelers, come up behind us, blow everything out of there, just assholes. And so the buck goes off. And um, he's like, why didn't you just shoot it from, like, right here at the truck almost? And he's basically he's like, you were just shooting. It was a slam dunk. You are, you gave up a slam dunk for a slam dunk. Basically, you're an idiot. Right, thanks. And, uh, you know, he's right. I mean, it was, why would you give up a slam dunk for a layup? Or, I know. You know, it just doesn't make sense. But So I've made those mistakes too, man. But I do have a question with shot placement, and then uh, we'll probably wrap this thing up here. But for so for shot placement with the rifle – um, and I think we've talked about this before on, on previous podcasts. I'm a big fan of the shoulder shots with a big gun. Um, take the running gear out. You lose them. Don't lose them near as much. I think bears are probably the most lost animal out there that I can think of. Yeah. And just to, you know, high shoulder shot and be done with it. What's your, what's your method for shooting? Yeah. So, I mean, with a bear, I mean, they're not going to have, I mean, with that shoulder blade, there's not going to be a ton of meat there in the first place. You're going to get a lot of fat. Mm-hmm. Um, in that upper section with bears, their vitals are all moved forward. I mean, they're going to, their lungs are a little farther forward and stuff. And so what I like to do is I hug that front shoulder hard. My favorite, if I can get that bear to be slightly quartering away, mm-hmm. I love it. Hmm. Um, if I can tuck that right behind their back shoulder and know that it's going to break their opposite coming out, I'll do that every time. Hmm. Um, perfectly broadside shot. I mean, with a bigger gun, like a Lapua, I mean, you're, you're going to have a little more leeway. Um, because it just freaking drops the hammer on them. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you can get into that shoulder, a little bit higher shoulder, you know, break that spine, you know, and, and, and dust both the shoulders, you know, it's, it's nice when they just drop. I hate tracking wounded bears. We've done it lots of times. We've had really bad experiences at nighttime where, um, you know, they're, they're still alive and they charge and you got to mm-hmm. do a defend shot with your pistol to, you know, and then go back the next morning or whatever the case is. So if you can get into that shoulder, and if, even if you spine them on accident, if you get a little bit higher than you're supposed to, at least they're there, and then you can, boom, follow-up yeah, shot. Follow up shot. Yeah. See, I know Anthony's a big fan of the shoulder shot, too. And, and uh, um, I always seem – it seems like I always aim a little farther back because I always thought the vitals were a little farther back. Uh, but you're saying they're, they're hugging yeah, out I, th- I think I think they're – if I'm right, they're a little bit farther forward. Uh, mm. um, Vicky and uh, Ralph Cincinnati or whatever their name, they did a, a thing on it, and I'm I'm pretty sure. I don't. Know, we can look it up real quick to see mm-hmm. um, if they're a little bit further forward. Um, they might be back. I just know I've always was like someone told me they're they're you know they're oh. forward, <laughs> freaking you know hammer them in the shoulders. Yeah, with the bears, so. yeah, and we can look it up. But with the bears, I always thought it would they were farther back. They, and and so. I think they might be. I thought they were middle of middle. Yeah, yeah, farther back than, than a regular. Yeah, they, yeah. they might actually be. Yeah. Um, I just started shoulder shooting them just because yeah. I got well, tired I know, of losing them. I know it just seems like guys that seem like they put it like when they're archery hunting. And I was going to say, is there a difference between where you aim, obviously, with archery tackle versus uh, a gun? And for me, I would I would shoulder shoot it with a, a big bore gun. Yeah. And then I'd shoot it, you know, three or four ribs back off the shoulder. I wouldn't hug that shoulder with gotcha. a bow. That's me personally. Yeah. I, I think you'd be okay with a 
with a bow as long as you were somewhat close. Because mm-hmm. I've, I've seen guys do it with a recurve, not personally, but like on YouTube and stuff. Mm-hmm. Guys shoulder shoot them with a recurve and it goes through. Yeah. I actually, I think, I think you're right on that. I think they are back a little bit further because I was reading something. Yeah. I'm like wh- 99% yeah. sure they I was are. reading something a while ago and I, I might have just had that, that switched up, but yeah. I was watching a video and reading the comments on it and this guy, it just looked like he straight gut punched this thing. Yeah. I mean, I'm like, oh my God. It was you know? a double lung. <laughs> yep. And it, and it was a double yeah. lung. That's right. And I, I was looking about that, but you know, same thing with, you know, with, with a rifle, definitely break them down if you can. Um, cause I hate tracking those things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, they, they don't bleed. You can see anything. it right here. They, they do sit pretty, yep, yep. pretty they're, far back. They're a lot so further back. About right where, yeah, about the fourth rib back is yep. right. I'm right in the back. To, I'm, in the, yep. I'm in the back third of the lungs. See, and I always it, try to hit it, him like right there. I know. And it's so weird. And, you know, and uh, things happen. You know, I lost a bear quite a few years ago that I shot with my bow. And uh, that's before I figured out that, um, you know, the bears were further back. I just had those switched around. But I was like, how did that thing not die? I mean, I freaking center punched him tight behind the front shoulders mm-hmm. and perfect, you know, mid height through him. And we looked and looked and looked and, yep. and nothing. He probably lived. And, uh, yeah, went back and looked through this stuff, and was like, you know, son of a gun. You know, he, I must have hit so far forward yeah. that it uh, it blew through there, you know, and, and didn't hurt anything. But Yeah, and that's that's another reason why I think their losses. The guys are shooting them tight up against the shoulder, and they're just they're, – maybe their bullets aren't expanding enough to hit everything. Yeah. Um, but I know – was it your bear last year? Yeah, that that one I lost. That's You hit far forward, quartered away. So, no, he was quarter to me. Quarter to. He was quarter to me a little bit, and I was aiming at the shoulder – and I hit tight to that front shoulder. Yeah, that's a dead bear. But I missed what I was aiming at. You know, I, I missed that bone, mm-hmm. and that bear was able to take off, run, and yeah. shit, we never found it. But I, he's, he died. He but it, it's just so weird, though. I mean, when you got a bear there and you're drawn back with your bow, mm-hmm. to get yourself to go right behind the front shoulder, and, oh, let's go back and gut punch him. Yeah. Um, it's weird, I man. struggled with that when I killed that blue, mm-hmm. and uh, I even practiced, you know, mentally rehearsing k like on the sh- or uh on the shoulder or no 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 um you aim pretty much farther forward than you usually would like you pretty much almost center punch some or uh, the shoulder on some of those african animals um a lot of their vitals are farther forward and their shoulder blades are straight up or their shoulder blades are straight up protecting them yeah and then um where did they hit it right where you would in america just right behind the shoulder it was like god damn it you know he still went down i yeah. caught the very back of the lungs. Yeah. And I hit him like two or three ribs back from the shoulder. Yeah. I remember I was watching, uh, it's funny that you say that I was, uh, watching one of the videos that cam ended up putting on mm-hmm. of him shooting freaking some animal over there. And, uh, I ended up, it was like a quick clip or whatever. I wa- was just watching. It was just some of the stuff on YouTube mm-hmm. and he freaking hits this thing in the shoulder at like 20 yards. I'm like, huh, <laughs> I'm like freaking idiot, you know, <laughs> way to freaking, you know, duff uh-huh. that one on film. And uh, freaking thing walks over and falls over. I'm like, what, what the, the heck? heck? <laughs> so I went up and looked on that, and then they explained it, and, and, and you see all the vitals and stuff moved forward. I'm like, God, no wonder they want you to shoot, you know, 70, 80 pounds with a freaking yeah. heavy arrow to, to blow through that. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, and it's it's just knowing your animal. Like the kudu over there, you can shoot them anywhere where you think it would be close to it. They have way bigger lungs than the rest of the animals mm-hmm. over there. So that'd be really like, be like the safest animal to shoot. But it just seems like I like going over the information for bears because I just every year, man, it's just like lost a bear, lost a bear, yep. lost a bear, lost a bear. It's like, man, you know, and, and I guarantee you a lot of these are actually probably good shots for a deer or an elk, but 
We're not shooting a deer or an elk. We're shooting a bear. One, one thing I will say, which is different between uh, that I've noticed with some of the ones that I've shot, and this is completely different from anybody else. I mean, mm-hmm. you can people can argue that's totally fine, but the bears that I've shot with my bows that were completely relaxed, mm-hmm. nice, easy, double lung shot, they died so quick versus some of the ones that we've filled with two to three to four holes with a rifle <laughs> that are full of freaking P and V right now. They're mm. you know hauling ass getting out of there. Um, it seems like if they're, you know, nice and calm and you freaking are able to double lung them or whatever, mm-hmm. um, it seems like they die quicker versus they get that huge, you know, spurt of adrenaline yeah. running through them because then those suckers will go. Yeah, that's a good point. So, shoulder shoot them, I'm telling you. Yeah, yeah. exactly. That just, just shoot them in the shoulder. I, I've you never you had know, that problem. Some of the, uh, no, I was a fall bear I shot with you. It was, <laughs> that's what I did with him was shoulder shot him. It was instant. Just <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then he got up for like, quarter second and i slammed another one yeah, i'm like shoot that <laughs> he got his, i'm following him with the scope and i saw his feet plant i'm like nope boom yeah that thing was hammered uh, him again luckily i've lost too many of them man i just dude they're they're tough if their feet are under yeah. them i'm just gonna keep flinging yeah i'll tell you the anthony and i shoot rifles like identical like some guys you get and i think it's just like a bow sometimes you get guys that just you hand me your bow, and you, I can shoot it way differently yeah. than you Last do. Last two bears I've shot were with your gun. Yeah. You and I shoot. You, you can pick up the same gun. We'll shoot bullseyes with it. But And some guys, you know, they'll shoot, you know, three inches to the right or at 100 yards. It's just everybody holds everything differently. But and luckily, Anthony and I can shoot pretty much identical with a mm-hmm. gun. Not with a bow, though. No. I don't think I could shoot your setup. I'm too good. <laughs> <laughs> Expert too good. mode. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, I am trying something different this year. What are you doing? I'm shooting the same bow two years in a row. Are you really? Yep. What's wrong with you? Couldn't I find anybody know. to buy the RX1? No, a guy was going to buy it, but then I ended up deciding to spend way too much money on a truck and then spend too much money on a lift and wheels and tires. And then now I'm like, you know what? Maybe the same bow is not a bad idea. How do you like your uh, new Tacoma? It's sweet, dude. Yeah. Yeah. It, uh, it's at an 18, 19. It, I end up, so I was looking at the new ones. I was going to go buy a brand new one. And I started reading it more in the motors and stuff. And uh, they're okay. I mean, there's a lot of guys that say that the the um, the power on them is not so great. You don't have much for a lower end. You get more speed at the end, you know, in the, the top side. I agree with that. So I was like, well, I started looking around to find a 4.0, and I found a 2012 with 45,000 miles on it up in Portland, and um, it was that cool. It's like a burnt bronze. It's, it's like a pyrite color. Yeah. Four-door, no scratches. They did that full uh, clear 3M wrap around it and stuff. Like, perfect for the woods. Got it for a pretty good price. Um, but a big thing, if people are going to lift Tacoma, I end up spending, you know, about four grand, $4,700 oh. for uh, – the Dirt Logic coilover lift for it, mm-hmm. yeah, dude, made a huge difference. <laughs> yeah, you go riding to the woods, you can do sixty down a main line. Really? <laughs> oh yeah. Oh man, mine but. came, uh, mine came lifted, and uh, they did it all not at the factory, but at the dealership. Yeah. And then uh, just bought it, you know, pretty much financed everything, including which is stupid, the wheels and tires. But um, it was all everything was on it, and it was just like I just didn't want to have to do all that shit. I just wanted oh, yeah. a finished truck. No, it's dude, shit is expensive. <laughs> I was gonna keep my, I had a pretty built little forerunner that had front yeah. and rear bumpers and all locker and stuff all and everything in it and uh i sold that just for the lift kit <laughs> yeah did yours um did yours your your tacoma have all the electronics where it won't let you like uh the traction control and all that so crap? yeah so with those ones is like i have um if i'm in i mean i can turn the traction control off 
um, regular driving and two wheel drive, mm -hmm. two high regular or four high. But as soon as you really start rodding on it and breaking those tires, it'll actually cut your power. Mine does that. So if you go down to four low, traction control off, you won't have a problem. Really? At least in mine. Mine, I've tried it in every mode, and the thing that I've heard that you have to do is unplug. I think the TCM from the PCM or something gotcha. like that, and it's like I'm not messing with that shit. It's just one little, boop, you know, done, but. If just, you took, just get a Tundra. Yeah, I say, dude, just if you took like a, uh, an older pre-all-the-computer bullshit, yeah. you could way out scrap my truck. Oh, dude. I'll get stuck on shit you shouldn't be getting stuck on because of all the smart computers. It won't let you give power when you need to get power if you need to get out of something. Like, I, I, I got stuck on a freaking landing in the snow on flat ground, dude, and it was like a foot of snow. It was like embarrassing, and it took me <laughs> – 45 minutes to get out, and I had to use my foot as a shovel. I just spent <laughs> 1500 bucks on my Tundra last week. Before. <laughs> what did you do? Just tires and stuff. Man. Oh, it's yeah. So stupid. Anthony almost bought a new truck the other day, too. Yeah, it was close. Dude, yeah. if you just go and you look and you impulse buy, it's okay. Yeah. Fuck. So I hit a deer back in <laughs> August, and uh, the guy that – the shop that was fixing it, uh, they were like, hey, you're going to be close, so – we can probably total it or not total it, you know. I'm like, well, if it's close, total it. I'm like, oh, okay. So I went to Clintonville, and I picked out the exact truck I wanted. Didn't look at price, just exactly what I wanted. Mm -hmm. It was on sale even. I'm like, sweet, I'll see what this is going to cost. <laughs> it was almost 60 grand. And I'm like, <laughs> what? Nope. <laughs> I called him back, save that son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> save it. Say, yeah, bring it back. Yeah. Yeah, just kidding. No, don't totally. Dude, we, uh, ours was like 38, and it was like, this is stupid. Because all the used ones were like 32, 32. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. It was like, no, okay. No, I, I ended up picking up mine, and it, it was 28. Really? And so, I mean, it was like one of those things I was like, oh, you know. And, and I got mine in Portland at that Jordan Motorsports place, and their stuff's a little more expensive. But, mm -hmm. um, if you're spending that much money, I mean. I'd rather go you or new and just have peace of mind, I have know. the warranties. Yep. You know, yeah. The good thing about them is they offer a ton of warranties and stuff. But yeah, dude, I've had so many buddies that have bought stuff, you know, from from dealers, or whatever, or that didn't get a good warranty system, and it just took a shit the next day. That's or, so that truck I was gonna buy it was new used, and that's what I was afraid of. So I've had my truck six years now, and I've never had a problem. Yeah, always been great. This thing is like okay, <laughs> I could see where it used to. I mean, it drove nice and it was a nice truck, but it had eighty thousand miles on it. And I could see where it used to have a fifth wheel hitch in the back. So does some old guy just run the living dog shit out of that thing, you know? So it's like, I'd feel really stupid if I sold a truck that I've never had a problem with. Tranny's yep. about to and go. Then, yeah, and then yep. I go buy a truck, and six <laughs> months down the road, the tranny blows yep. right out of it. So it's, yeah. I just kept what I had and bought new tires. On Shut up, phone. Cyrus. Yeah, phone <laughs> talking to you. Goddamn Cyrus. This thing's been freaking out. It's probably been listening to oh, us probably. the whole time. So, well, let's go ahead and wrap this thing up, guys. I I appreciate you for coming back on the show, oh, Derek. Dude, you're thank the, you for uh, having me. You're the man when it comes to bears, and and uh, just really appreciate all your advice, man. Yeah. I know it takes time out of your day, and uh, don't even, I don't even worry about Anthony. Man. It's a couple hundred bucks. <laughs> no, it's you're not fun. paying me, and you drink my beer, yeah. <laughs> and I'm drinking your beer. We're out of beer, actually. Yeah, this is bullshit but <laughs> no it's good there, there's a lot of people out there that are that are really getting into the, the industry and especially with bears you know it's we have so many of them mm -hmm. um i mean when we can go out and we see you know 40 something bears of spring season it, it, that's a lot 
I mean, it's, it, it really is. So if there's, there's new people that are trying to get into the bear hunting or, or stuff like that, um, I love giving people information. Same with you guys. When we get in here together and give people information, it, it gives somebody a start, gives right. them an idea, it gives them to go out and look um, and be successful. I mean, yeah, you're out there having fun, you're hunting, you're spending time with your families, yeah. you know, and, and you're providing meat and getting a cool memory. And so if yeah. we can do that and knock down predators, it's a good day. Yeah, I mean, you're not – I like it because it's the most chill, relaxed, mm-hmm. unpressured hunting you'll do. I mean, you can – Hang around on a landing, have a soda or a beer or yep. whatever, and relax. And if a beer wa- or a bear walks out, it walks out. You know, it's just, it's it's just no pressure. Yeah, it's fun, and I don't know. It's it's just different. It's like if it was an elk or a or a big buck or something like that, it just changes. The whole dynamic's different. It's oh, like absolutely. Game on. But it's yep. a bear. It's like oh, sweet. Sweet, you want to shoot it? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, you want to walk down there? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, all right, guys. Well, thanks for tuning into this one, and we'll see you on the next one. Bye. All right, guys. That's this uh, this episode of the podcast. Love to hear from you. What are some things that you do uh, early season of spring black bear versus maybe towards the later end of the season for spring black bear? Do your tactics align up with ours? Uh, there's some areas that you do differently or some things that you do differently that you would suggest us trying. Just let me know. Message me or leave a review with your comment. Happy to see what you guys think. And I'll see you guys on the next episode. Thanks for listening. Bye.